Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. Welcome to Barbecue Nation with JT and Leanne After Hours, the conversation that continued after the show was done. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. Uh, We thank you for listening, and uh, we're continuing with our Thanksgiving theme show. Don't worry, next month we got one coming up for Christmas too, and... uh, that one we vary a little more on different ideas on that one, just because we're not stuck with doing a turkey. And I like turkey, so don't take Wait that the wrong minute. way. Wait a minute. That is pejorative. We're not <laughs> stuck with doing turkey. We're, we, I, 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 I understand what you're saying, but that is just, I'm calling on you. you know? Okay. All right. All right. We we explore the realm of everything. Thank from you. Turkey, Thank from you. Turkey to, uh, uh pork roast to uh what people call prime rib which is a rib roast and we'll get into that next month and um you know there's one thing i i gotta tell you something i gotta tell you something the other day i was kind of taking a chill pill here at the computer and i was flipping around and i saw ted nugent on joe rogan okay no 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 (laughs) and rogan was because nugent likes to hunt and all that and rogan was bringing up that how he handled different uh people you know people that had attacked him for his hunting and all this no no political stuff like that and he said well it's quite simple he goes when i when i harvest an animal that goes directly uh just that one animal to feed uh him and his family etc etc and then he he threw out some stats he said when you are there uh, cooking up your tofu? Uh, it was interesting, he said, because if you know what it takes to get uh, tofu and the different requirements for tofu, that you've uh, eliminated not only insects, which is fine, but small animals, et cetera, et cetera, uh, putting chemicals in the ground. It was a really good argument, I thought, uh, for people that that you know want to eat tofu and say they're doing you know they're saving the planet actually there was some good arguments that they're really not but this is a meat oriented show mm-hmm. so there you go mm-hmm. all right meathead <coughs> slash share slash madonna slash mm-hmm. whatever all right here's the question you wanted if you could cook for and then dine with a historical figure, who would it be and what would be on the menu? Uh, you know, there are just so many, and it would be easy to say Julia Child, who I met, by the way, many, many years ago. Um, but I would go for uh, two contemporaries, uh, Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson. They were both gourmands, gourmets, loved food, 
Remember, Jefferson stuck a feather in his cap and called him macaroni. Right. He he, he brought macaroni back from Europe. Um, he had um, an elaborate dining room at Monticello, and he invented and installed a device called the dumbwaiter. Right. Which was that. a little elevator that was on both sides of the fireplace. And uh, the food could come up from the kitchen in this little elevator. And they needed that because in the dining room, he and Franklin and the other guys were talking about a revolution. They were talking treason and they did not want the kitchen staff to overhear. Um, so they I mean, he was that into it. Um, uh, ben Franklin lived in France for many years. In fact, Jefferson brought his chef with him to to to, um, to France, uh, where he was our first ambassador to France. Um, and he brought his chef with him, uh, Sally Hemming's brother. Um, and, uh, yeah, they were both into food in a big way. And of course, uh, tremendous philosophers, scientists, both of them into science. I would be, oh man, I can just imagine the conversation. What would you make? Oh, I'm cooking, huh? Yeah, you're cooking. You're cooking. Well, you know, Ben Franklin proposed the turkey be the national bird. Right. And he wrote at length why the eagle should not, because it's a mean son of a bitch. I mean, it, it tur- <laughs> the eagles uh, will steal from other birds. Uh, uh, so maybe maybe I would do a, an eagle. <laughs> you talk about treason and getting wow. in trouble. I get Ted Nugent on my ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, do you know, speaking of that, do you know what determines if a turkey is a male or a female? You know how you tell? I Well, I don't know definitively how you tell, but I do believe the males are larger and they, their waddle is different, isn't it? A bit, but it's really their poop that determines that you can tell hmm. uh, a male's poop will be shaped like the letter J and a hmm. female's is more spiral shaped. Huh. That's true. That's true. And uh, the other thing is turkeys can actually see better than us humans. So that was tough. Hmm. Yeah. That's not <laughs> tough to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys got your glasses Yay. on. Mine in my pocket here. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay, so wait, I want to talk about Thanksgiving traditions and our own personal traditions a bit more. Meathead, you've always told us about Pi Day and that. And and how did your family currently develop their traditions that you have at, at Thanksgiving? And were those all based from aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas or was it handed down or i know this a lot of the stuff that you do you created yourself but the basis for some of those things i want to know those traditions well i i was raised in florida and my mom and dad were in florida uh but uh my senior year of college i moved from florida um and landed here in the chicagoland area and married an Italian-American gal, and she has this huge family. Um, and so uh, they host both Thanksgiving. Uh, she has two brothers. One of them hosts Christmas Eve, the other hosts Christmas Day. And we go to one of their homes for Thanksgiving. 
and uh, brother-in-law Bill, who is today in the hospital having his heart worked on. Um, And uh, I chose to be here with you. Uh, instead of sitting in the hospital waiting room, uh, which is well, no- we send him our best wishes and yeah. stuff. Yes. Bill hosts Thanksgiving. Bill and his wife Anne, and their three daughters and their spouses and their kids. They all come over, and Bill does the traditional Norman Rockwell bird in the oven, and I do a smoke bird. Right, and uh, I don't, you know, it's no competition, but no, no, it's just, but more, more mine- turkey. Mine, they mine runs it's out better. first. Yeah. Mine runs out. Yeah. yeah, I won't say they go. I run out before he does. Um, but she makes really great stuffing, and then Wednesday the kids all get together with my wife, and they all bake pies. So there's just all the marvelous pies, and then they sing a couple of songs and stuff, and it's just a, a festive uh, here in the Chicagoland area. Winter is on us. And the season is on us, and their Christmas tree is already up, and yeah, you know, it's just it, it, it's a good family event, and and I think that's so so important to the way we celebrate Thanksgiving is family. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Leanne, you, if I if I've got your history somewhat mm-hmm. unclouded in my brain. Um, <laughs> you spent time growing up in New Jersey. You spent time growing up in Missouri, I think. Uh, no, my dad, but most of my life in Jersey. But yeah. I will say that our Thanksgiving meal, since I can remember, has not changed. And the recipe for the green beans with the mushrooms and the bacon and the onions that came from my Nana Tab, my dad's mother. And, uh, Mother, grandmother on the other side has the sweet potatoes with the praline topping and then traditional mashed potatoes, the Norman Rockwell bird and the stuffing is my mom's. And it's been the same and it'll be on the table this year. Once again, oh, my the- dad couldn't stand Turkey. He dreaded Thanksgiving. Oh, really? Yeah. So he did. was such a gourmand. He did not like turkey. Uh, and so he developed this recipe called turkey taco goop. And he couldn't wait to use the leftover turkey to make these this goop that, you know, had all different ingredients in it. And we'd have turkey tacos with this turkey taco goop. And actually, we all enjoyed that better than Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to go back to this praline topping here. Uh that sounds marvelous. Can you tell us more about well, that? Well, there's actually coconut and butter in the sweet potato mash, and you put it in a casserole dish. And on the top, it's dark brown sugar. Um, there's pecans in there. It's it's almost like a a crumble off of a you know a berry tart, you might say. Okay. But it's it it tastes almost like dessert. Maybe that's why my mom made it so we'd eat sweet potatoes. But it really is outstanding. It's it's very very oh. good. Okay, I'll give you the recipe. It's I'd love to see it. I would love to see that too. Uh-huh. I, one of my wife's nieces, Natalie, always does the mashed potato, uh, the, the the sweet potato mash, with the marshmallows on top. And every stinking year she burns them. Oh. <laughs> it's a running gag. I, 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 I. Yeah, yeah, I'll get you this recipe and you can bring it as an ancillary dish and see if it goes as well as your turkey. Did, did you know <laughs> that Julia Child once confessed that she loved sweet potatoes with marshmallows? No. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. I love them. Uh, it was like you said, Leanne, our menu 
did not vary. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always had Thanksgiving that I can remember, but I'm the youngest in my family. Um, at our house, all the aunts and uncles and cousins and Jesus, we had a herd of them there, you know, and we'd have a kid's table and an adult's table. And then if you ended up eating in the kitchen, you knew you were you were in big trouble for some reason you were in trouble. So you got delegated to eating at the bar. We had a bar right off the kitchen and stuff, which was fine. I volunteered to do that a few times so I could just kind of go back and forth (laughs) to the kitchen and get what I wanted. But I think most of our traditions came with, came through, uh, especially my grandmother on my father's side. Um, She was quite the cook. She used to have to cook for what they called the thrashing crew because they raised uh, seed, grain seed, you know, grass seed. And when the thrashing crews would come in, she would have to cook four meals a day starting at 530 in the morning. And she cooked on a wood stove and they would have 10 to 15 guys on these thrashing crews. So she had all these recipes. I'm sure some of them were passed down, but that's where a lot of our stuff comes from we have one Uh recipe that i put in my book and it's on the website um called yum yum salad which is kind of like an ambrosia except it's got cabbage and mayo in it along with the whipped cream and slivered almonds and all that and it's very very good and um and i've carried that part of the tradition on because i make that i'm the only one that makes it for some reason but I make it and, uh, you know, we've talked about the turkey and the extra drumsticks and the pecan pie. I think if, you know, and I'd like to get your takes on this. If you have all this food out there, what is it you will actually, if nobody was looking, what would you just put on your plate instead of trying to be a gracious host or guest and try a little of everything, but what would you just put on your plate that, Leanne and Meathead, that's your faves and you're going to go with it. I, I I do it anyway. And uh, <laughs> I take a drumstick and I throw it on my plate. I call it from the beginning of the dinner. I'm like, I get one of those. That's what I, and that's the first thing that goes on my plate. And then I kind of lightly fill with the other little things, but that is the focus of my attention. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I go for the stuffing. Yeah, you know, I I could live with. I mean, I do like the turkey, but I could live with everything else. I I could just eat the stuffing. I love the stuffing. I, I love- really had my way. I have a piece of pecan pie on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you do ice cream or do you do? I make. Uh, I make. I like ice cream. Yeah, I like them both, but I I do make whipped cream, and I make my whipped cream very stiff kind of like you're doing it for a food shoot it's damn near butter you know mm-hmm. but not quite but i think that is uh pretty pretty good stuff especially if you've got pecan and, and pumpkin people i don't think think about putting ice cream on pumpkin pie but they do think about putting whipped cream on there i agree but one of my favorite things that um has become it's seeped its way into our family that has made all the difference in all of our desserts including banana bread whipped cream everything is mexican vanilla extract i cannot tell you what a difference it's made in my world and i forget which brand it is on amazon 
But I want to tell you, it just takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. There's we, a particular vanilla extract that my wife uses. It's made here in the Chicago area. I think it's aged in bourbon barrels, but it's I don't know if it's Mexican. I'd like to know more about that. If, yeah, uh, I'm think telling of it. you, and believe it or not, it is not pure vanilla. It is actual extract, but it really, you can taste it in everything, but it's not, it's smooth. It's, uh, it, I'm telling you, it's a huge difference. In, yeah, in it is. Everything I, that requires while vanilla. We're talking, Even my chocolate chip cookies are epic now because of this vanilla. See, while that, we're talking, you got to look it up because I know you're, that your audience is dying to hear it, just like okay, me. Okay, so while you chit-chat, I'll look it no up. No chit-chat. I, you got to look I, this one up. Okay, chit. Uh, chit <laughs> uh, here's another one that I like to do with the sweet potatoes. Now, I do, I got to confess, I do like the mashed sweet potatoes with the marshmallows on top. All right. And th- another gal brings um, uh, sweet potatoes um quartered lengthwise and she pours maple syrup over it and that's really good Mm. i quarter them leave the skin on and dust them with my pork rub and i'll bet the pig powder would work really well on this yes and i grill them um and they're 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 a little drier than the other two recipes because they're not swimming in cream and butter but they they're closer to sweet potato French fries, which I absolutely adore. Yeah, yeah. And um, they come out crispy on the outside. You get a little um, uh, great grill grate mark on it, and uh, the uh, pork rub, which usually has most pork rubs have sugar in them. Yes. Um, and so that kind of caramelizes on the outside, and uh, that that's really nice. And uh, I like to do that. Everybody goes for the marshmallow and the maple syrup one. I like the grilled one. I do. Uh, we kind of rotate this through. We always have the mashed sweet potatoes. Um, but what's the word I'm looking for when you slice them? And I, I call them accordion potatoes. God, I'm drawing a Viral? blank. Yeah, you know, but they're. You just go to, you know, if oh, it's, you're talking about, oh, for Christ's sake, um, that's where I'm stuck here. Oh, geez. You know, um, yeah, actually, Clint Cantwell yeah. has a recipe yeah. for it on our site. Yeah, they're, 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 you, 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 you put the potato down, you put a pencil on either side or a chopstick and you cut down on it yeah. so that they fan out. Right. And oh, for crying out loud, why can't, you know, a couple of old farts here, our memory <laughs> Easy I'm, onset I'm Alzheimer's here. I found the vanilla extract, by the way. Okay. Yes. Okay, I'm going to spell this for you because it's a long word. I'm it's writing it U- down. U-S-U-M-A-C-I-N-T-A. It's Amber Mexican Vanilla Blend. And for 16.8 ounces, it's $24.53. Um, its rating is... I think it has a 4.7, not that I go by ratings, no. but um, yeah, 4.7. They sold a couple hundred over, I'm telling you. And it's so funny to look at the McCormick vanilla extract. They've sold 19,000 and this blows it away. Yeah. I'm telling you, you will, you will be amazed. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm going to order one as soon as we get off the air. Cause mm-hmm. uh, uh, vanilla, you always have a million uses for it. So let me tell you a, a fun story real quick 
Thank my wa- my wife is not a uh, big drinker at all, but um, she had never tasted Pendleton whiskey. This was a couple of years ago. And Pendleton whiskey is a very smooth blend created by Hood River Distilleries for the Pendleton Roundup. There's a big story behind it. It's all good. And they and they sold it. <clears throat> but those sweet potatoes we were just talking about and cutting them to fan out and all that, she was making the sauce. She had found a recipe for this sauce and she wanted to try it. Fair enough. And it called for some bourbon. And I said, well, we have some Pendleton in the freezer. We always keep some in the freezer for our guests. It's, you know, like that. And she goes, you know, I've never, I've never had this. So I, I poured her a shot. She downed it. She goes, man, that's really smooth. So I turn around and I'm talking to my buddy. We're talking about potatoes and we're talking about Pendleton Roundup and all cowboy crap and all that. We turn around. My wife's got the bottle tipped up. (laughs) And she goes, glug, glug, glug. And she goes, there, now it's going to be a really good Thanksgiving. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Wow. Leanne's met Shelly. She's a pretty quiet person and all that, but she she doesn't drink very much. um, But. She did that day, and boy, and that was funnier than hell. That's funny. We, my my we, wife has never been a sweet a, soul. Have my you ever wife met is, her? Who? Have you ever met Jeff's wife? No, no. I want to tell you, she she has such patience, and she's so sweet. I have to be. Have to be patient, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I could have guessed that. Yeah. I got, I got one, too. You know, I'm going to have my 50th anniversary uh, next fall. And uh, it's amazing how she has uh, put up with me. Uh, oh, yeah. But she was never a whiskey drinker either. Um, I met her in a liquor store. Um, oh. There's an old song, you know, met her in a liquor store. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we... Uh, we always we drink we drink a lot of wine. We 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 tap into a new bottle almost every night. And but she went to Louisville for a conference a couple of years ago and came back with a taste for bourbon. And she's now making all these bourbon cocktails and using bourbon in her recipes and stuff. So it just like magic overnight. She became a bourbon aficionado. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, I think uh Shelly did too. Um so, I, it, it's a great bourbon, but anyway, go ahead. Here's something that just popped into my mind. Speaking of various things and recipes, um, we have on our website uh, the original um, uh, White Castle stuffing. Have oh, yeah. you guys ever heard of this? No, but I, I, I'm interested. <laughs> Let me guess, well, you don't need to add any butter or grease. <laughs> right, yeah. I, mean, it, 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 I forget I forget the recipe. But it's been around for years, and it's really popular. You can buy frozen White Castle sliders now. Oh, yeah. And you defrost them, and you follow the recipe that's on our website. I forget what's involved and, you know, if there's anything. But basically, you just chop it up and stuff it uh, or make it, you know, Did make you, a stuffing. Have you had it? Do you like it? Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. I mean, I I prefer good old bread stuffing with sage and other things. But Me too. Mm-hmm. It, it it you know because I, I mean rest, stuffing recipes are interesting. There's a, you know a lot of people do an oyster stuffing, which is surprising because Chestnut. not everybody likes oysters. A lot of people do cornbread stuffing. 
right? Mm-hmm. Cornbread and andouille. Um, now, andouille are talking my language. Yeah. But, um, they, I mean, stuffing recipes are just all over the place. I do pretty much a standard bread stuffing with sage and Celery, the other seasonings. onion. Yeah. 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 Onions, I, I do put mushrooms. mushrooms. I put some mushrooms <laughs> and yeah. some water chestnuts in. Oh, that sounds good. I sliced up water chestnuts <laughs> and I put a little egg in it and all that. And um, have any of you ever made a turducken for Thanksgiving? I have. Yes. It was a disaster. Yes. I, I, I don't care for it. Um, there's a local restaurant. I live in an area that is high in Polish and Czechoslovakian um, uh, uh, descendants. They're not immigrants anymore, but they descend of immigrants. And so there's a number of their uh, Eastern European restaurants around here. And one of them serves to duck in all year round. Mm-hmm. And I've also ordered it out of New Orleans. I ordered a frozen turducken, two of them, actually. I, I didn't care for them. I do like the stuffing, which is me- mostly cornbread and andouille. Right. Mm-hmm. It breaks down for me right at the duck because it's the, 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 the there's a duck breast in it. And duck breast is best when it's medium rare to medium uh you know it, it's pink mm-hmm. right and to do it in a turducken it's going to be overcooked and um it, it just was a pain to slice and serve and yeah i did want to do much t- for me i did one on tv one time and it didn't work out as well as i'd hoped which is why you're now on radio. Uh, which is now why I'm on radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But uh, and of course, here where I live, and this is your favorite thing. I know you shake your head at this meathead, but we have the Oregon Civil War, which is the ducks versus the beavers. Now they wouldn't let me cook a beaver on TV. Thank goodness. But I have skewered a few ducks because I'm an Oregon State guy, so we're the beeves, right? And we don't call ourselves beavers. We call them beeves. So you just have to go with that. Let it roll. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I've cooked a few ducks for, you know, sacrifice on the shows. And uh, the good part about it is one lady who uh, I worked with for a number of years, Kathy Marshall, was an anchor on CNN. And then she moved back to Portland. She was an Oregon State grad. And uh, the other co-host was a duck. And so I brought this duck out. Kathy picks up this uh, big butcher knife right off my set and starts stabbing it. She looks like uh, psycho, you know, like this. And she's stabbing the duck and she goes, you know, that's what we're going to do. The ducks this weekend on the show or on the game. So uh, we have our own little weird, strange traditions out here with ducks. Well, you know, it, it is an aboriginal tradition. <clears throat> from a lot of um, primitive societies that before you go into battle, you capture one of the enemies and kill it and cook him. And you eat your enemy uh, to build strength and courage. Well, um, you know, I tell people, you know, if you're playing the Chicago Bears, you got to cook a Chicago hot dog or a deep dish pizza. You're playing the ducks. You got to cook a duck. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you eat your enemy. Um, so I, I, I'm i wholeheartedly behind that concept. <laughs> to a degree. <laughs> yeah, to a degree. Excuse me. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be, you know, eating any Seminoles. No, um, <laughs> especially although I am a gator. 
Yeah, you are. Yeah, well, I've eaten gator. I think we all have. So that's, mm. you know, like that. But I, I probably wouldn't, you know, want to cook a panther or anything like that as far as the pro teams. Anyway, it's like that. Okay. Um, here is your chance, both of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to please give our listening audience a piece of uh, good advice for their Thanksgiving meal. You go first. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, first off, um, make sure you buy the right size turkey. It's deceiving because you need about a pound, a pound and a half of turkey to feed each person. And a lot of people think a 10 to 12 pound turkey is going to feed 20. No, it's not. (laughs) So make sure that you buy a big enough turkey. That's one for me. That's great advice. Uh, And and you said a pound, a pound and a half. And people are saying, no way am I eating a pound and a pound and a half of meat. You're not going to. No, It's going to shrink during the cooking process. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of bones involved. And you want to have leftovers, so mm-hmm. overcook. Yeah, but I'll, I'll I'll add to that. Rather than buying a giant turkey, which will take longer to cook and be drier, get two small birds. Um, two small birds will cook faster, be easier to cook, and taste better. My advice, though, is um, stay away from politics. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, agree. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a family event, it, and, and the beauty of it is family. There are several members of my family with whom we disagree, but they're not assholes about it, and neither am I. And I just—I won't even make a smart remark. Now, I, I you know, um, I, I, no, I won't even joke about anything uh, contemporary, current uh, politics. It's just not the time. I agree. Uh, I'll sit down with my brother-in-law, Bill, who is very different than me politically, and we'll have a glass of wine and we'll talk about it, but uh, not at Thanksgiving. No, mm-hmm. no. I think Thanksgiving has to be talk about the kids, talk about grandma, talk about the football game, talk about the weather, talk about how beautiful the ants pies are, whatever it is, <laughs> but just stay the hell away from politics. Well, I, I do mean, that on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away. Yeah, I think that's the best. Anyway, uh, Meathead, uh, go ahead and throw out there. I know people can find you to listen to this show, but tell us about AmazingRibs.com. And, uh, well, it's the, it is and has been for years the biggest, baddest barbecue website out there. There's over 2,000 free pages, recipes, technique. We've got a full-time grill and smoker reviewer who does nothing but kick the tires and really does a deep dive on these manufactured products and which ones uh, and rates them ranks them yep if you're shopping for a new tool uh you got to see him we have an electrical engineer who tests thermometers you can't do a turkey without a thermometer um go check his reviews we make uh several uh we make three rubs beef poultry and pork and a barbecue sauce. So that's available through the website. We don't actually sell anything ourselves. We send you to Amazon or someplace else to buy it, but it's meatheads, rub, uh, and sauces. And then um, my book, um, uh, I did a book in 2016. 
Most cookbooks, if they sell 10,000 copies, are doing real well. Mine has sold 250,000 copies. Uh, and Christmas is, called... is right around the corner. Yeah. I love you, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So they can get that. They can look up the digital thermometers. And I will say, I've looked at your review of thermometers, and you always update it. But you can get a very good digital thermometer for 20 bucks. Yes. Yep. Yeah, actually, yep. one, one we have one that's sixteen bucks mm-hmm. that won our top ranking. Um, so that and now those are instant read thermometers, right? If you can afford more than one, try to get one that you can insert into the turkey breast and leave it there. It's got a cable. Some of them actually are wireless now; they're more expensive. But uh, uh, it, it's a searchable database, and uh, yeah, there you don't have to spend a fortune. Those dial thermometers. That's a technology that was invented in the 1800s, and they're very slow, and they're not very accurate. This is 2023. Get a good digital thermometer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And throw that little white pop-up thing with the red. Throw that away. Oh, another thing is make sure you sharpen your knives before you carve your turkey. Mm. Yes, yes. Do you either of you use um, an electric knife? I do. Yes. Uh, um, I do. Yeah. But I went to my cousin's house and he didn't have one. So I had to do the traditional. But yes, I, I love it's a Cousinart electric knife. And it, and I used to take it in competitions and it was always a very good knife to me. I yeah. don't know what's out there now, but I like it. Yeah. You prefer uh, for, say, Turkey, would you, would you prefer an electric to a chef's knife? If I'm in a hurry, but I, I'm kind of traditional. I like to I like to use a knife and kind of I don't know. It's he's pretty good with a knife. I can tell I, you. I do. <laughs> I I I I like the art of slicing, and so a nice sharp knife would be my top preference. But if you are not a good carver, an electric knife is good for. You know, you mentioned carving. Um, I do have photographs both in my book and on the website about the right way to carve a turkey. And let me tell you, uh, so many people just take that big old Norman Rockwell bird and start slicing the tur- the yep. breast meat, yep. and you're slicing it the wrong way. You're slicing it with the grain, and mm-hmm. then of course one person gets all the skin on the edge. The mm-hmm. technique here is is you find that keel bone that mm-hmm. runs right down the breast. That's the breast bone, and you slice on either side, and you hit the ribs rib cage, and you kind of tilt your knife. And then you remove each breast lobe, right. and you have something that's sort of. And then you cut shape. it into short pieces. And they cut it across the grain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Quarter inch is a little thin. It, it tends to rip the skin. A little more than a quarter inch slices, and that way everybody gets a nice slice that's juicy, easy to chew because you're cutting across the grain rather than with the grain, mm-hmm. and everybody gets a little skin. See, I was gonna a few minutes back, and then we probably should wrap this up but you were talking about ordering up the bird and doing that and i and then you were talking about buying a smaller bird i've done this is i've done a smaller bird spatchcocked it but i've also bought a couple of separate turkey breasts and of course you know i always have my turkey legs and that way it's uh very easy to carve and serve Mm -hmm. what you're talking about. And the reason for that is we talked about chaos in the kitchen um, Mm -hmm. because everything you you try to get everything on the table, you know, within a five minute, 10 minute 
time frame there. And so if you've got somebody trying to slice this big turkey and not taking it apart like we just talked about, uh, it takes a lot longer. Meat's going to cool off faster, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what I do. I buy an extra turkey breast. They're readily available. You can have that. Take the one off the bird. Get your extra legs. It's all good. And for Meathead, Leanne, and myself, we wish you all a very uh, fulfilling Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And um, keep an extra shirt handy just for those gravy spills. Anyway, <laughs> thank you both. Thank you both so much. Thank and uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of uh, Barbecue Nation. Until then, be kind and remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, everybody.